If you could take your Bibles out and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I'll pray before we read that. And I've got two other short spots to read in the Scripture before, uh, before you leave those. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to, to go into your word, and I pray and ask that you would um, use my preparation in such a way that uh, this congregation would draw closer to you, understand their place in your world better. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis 1, and uh, I'm going to start by reading verses 26 and 27. Says there, then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then if you skip to verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Then if you could turn to Psalm 24. Psalm 24. Just one verse. And that's verse 1. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, it's a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and those who dwell therein. We'll stop there. And our last one is Psalm 148. I'll read the whole psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel, who are near to him. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Since, uh, so I modeled Luke here for two Sundays. And then I'll go back to it. I read those passages, and I will comment on them in brief moments throughout this sermon. And I just want to begin by saying this. Since, since God created everything good, then 
we should appreciate everything for the good God created in it. It's our great and noble task as people made in his image to be the appreciators of God and of God's things. To be the appreciators of God and of God's things, his nouns, nouns. In fact, it's dishonorable when we disregard or become dismissive of a person, place, or thing, as we are not supposed to pass judgment against God's creation. We are not supposed to pass judgment against God's creation. Why would we ever do that? How would we ever do that? Well, it's quite simple, really. We're very, we are very able criticizers and condemners of people, places, and things in this world. We excel at passing judgment against God's stuff. Starting simple, do you like cats, hornets, how about nighttime, lightning, the ocean, trees, weeds, fire, what about that little boy who sits behind you at church, or your coworker, boss, or the president? As people, we should cultivate an ability to appreciate all of God's nouns. For God has made everything and every one for a good purpose. Just because you've been stung once or twice does not mean that you should now hate hornets. It's fair to say I... I don't like being stung, it hurts. However, you should still confess that God is good and there is good in the hornet, even in its stinger, although you prefer, prefer it not be stuck in you. Hornets are easy. That's an easy example. Probably trees and cats, too. Easy to say, I appreciate them. Our Heavenly Father has made them directly. And you, you could say they are creatures of nature. That's how you determine he made them directly. They were not manufactured by people. But what about those man-made nouns? Should we learn to appreciate all of those things? Typewriters, hair clips, socks, pianos, ukuleles, beer, bikinis. How about man's concepts, his philosophies, laws? 
As Christians, especially, we should be foremost appreciator, appreciators of all things for the good in them. We should look for the good in all created things, for they contain God's handiwork, whether made by man or not. And that seems agreeable, right? I do not believe any of us would condemn a cat or a hornet. They have God's goodness in them, same for bears, starfish, and cucumbers. But how do we approach thinking about people about thinking about different people or the inventions of mankind or the thoughts of man. Moses wrote that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Do we see all that God has made and appreciate it for its goodness? And I will include this question. Do we see all that man has made and appreciate it for its goodness? The psalm that I read goes so far as to suggest that God desires the entire creation, the created order, to praise him as the maker, as the sovereign. The fact that a tree exists and lifts its arms to heaven is a testimony to the wonder, wonderfulness of the tree's creator. A, cat, a cat's purr is a vibration of its contentment in him. I don't think it's right for you and me to find our satisfaction, and I really include myself in what I'm about to say, okay? Make no mistake. I don't think it's right for us to find our satisfaction in the science of criticism, but rather it should be in the art of appreciation. We should see the good in all things. In fact, mankind was given the assignment of being the foremost appreciator of God's goodness. We're supposed to excel at that. Man is supposed to look for God's good inherent in each created thing. And then he's supposed to rule over and care for those things. This is a huge reason why we were created to take pleasure in God's nouns. Genesis 1.26 tells us, okay, the man, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Look there. People were created good. God made us in his very image. And therefore, you and I should be able to see good in one another 
in fact, in all men. Judas Iscariot was made in God's image, the same as John the Baptist. Churchill and Hitler were both image bearers as well. I imagine, you've got to be fair, both Judas and Adolf, I imagine they hung, hugged their mothers when they were little. Now, when I say that we should be able to see the good in other people, I, I do not mean by this that people are ethically upright. Jesus stated, no one is good but God alone. He saw that. He understood it. We've all been corrupted by sin, but not completely removed from what God made us to be, who God made us to be. And it doesn't change the reality that God's creation, it still maintains its purpose. His work is still good. And our work is to appreciate his things. So can you appreciate other people? Sometimes we can be awfully negative about the world around us. We tend to complain against things a lot of these days. We're, we're, under, we're under appreciative and critical. And especially regarding other, other people and many man-made inventions. Why is this, do you suppose? The problem is inside of us. We too much delight in passing judgment against things rather than for things. We take a position against rather than for. This critical spirit is evidence of our naughtiness, the naughtiness that came with the fall of Adam. Yes, we are still made in God's image, but we become stained by sin. And now we're prone to aggravate against God and against God's creation. The result is that we are constantly making judgments against persons, places, and things that we don't like. They do not suit us, so we call them awful or evil. We ridicule an invention. We make fun of a person. For some, that's that's the family pastime, to make fun of people. We say, I have no use for him, or I have no use for it, as if we determine the worth of the thing by our words. That is mean, mean-spirited. We can be pretty puny little gods, can't we? However, shouldn't we allow God to determine the worth of something according to his word? 
If he calls something good, shouldn't we believe it to be good? Alternately, if he calls something bad, we should believe it to be bad. There's another reason we are critical. But I will call this being critically minded. And it's a good reason. To be critically minded has nothing to do with our naughtiness. But it has to do with the fact that we've been given God's work to do. We need to explore and discover and invent and apply what we learn. This requires examination. It requires discernment. It requires us to think critically. But the goal of this critical mindedness is not to tear down and to destroy, rather it is to build up and support, to make necessary changes for good. It is geared to give life, not take it, to breathe into things, not suck the life out of the room by negativity. We mustn't be people who pass judgment against everything on every corner. It's actually a lazy behavior. A lazy behavior. It's much more challenging to look for God's goodness and then apply yourself to the work of dominion. Tearing down is easy. Building is the hard thing. And I'll encourage you with this one thought. When you are building, when you are committed to Christ's kingdom and the development of it, there are a ton of people that want to tear you down with their judgments. Granted, we live in a broken world caused by people's sin. Things are not all as good as they were and are supposed to be. So as you and I try to love God and appreciate the goodness of his creation, we do notice these shortcomings, these flaws. Some things are bad. God says they are bad. Therefore, as we find ourselves living in this fallen state, our criticisms are sometimes quite important. But here again, train yourself. Discern between the good things and the bad. If you pursue a proper, critically-minded approach, you will be serving God's purposes. However, don't just be a critical person. That's lazy. It's so, so easy. Christianity desperately needs critically-minded people. Indeed, Christ and his church do not need to go around criticizing everyone and everything. Instead, think hard about what is good in the world and take pleasure in it as you labor for God. Be one who appreciates, appreciates. Then secondly, humbly 
and carefully discern what is truly bad and take some constructive action to try and bring about a change in the thing. The key words, Christian, are humbly, carefully constructive. If you have no intention of helping fix what's wrong, then quit harping on it. As I said, the church was a, has a glut. It's got a glut of critical people. We don't need more blowhards. We need builders. Now, all of that being said, I want to suggest how we might distinguish the good from the bad. Because I think often we call things bad that are not entirely bad. And I suppose the opposite is also true. Sometimes we can call things good that are not all good. For example, when God gave mankind the ability to discover how to fashion wires and antenna and broadcast signals in order to communicate sound and picture over air, airwaves, that's called good. Yet there were Christians that thought television was bad. They wouldn't have one in their home. When God gives mankind the technology to communicate over systems of networks at speeds unfathomable via electronic screens with central processing units attached to keyboards, etc., that's called good. Yet there were Christians and are Christians that say, I don't believe in internet, or I have no use for it, as if they're somehow morally superior or purer because of that. Remember, God made the entire creation and called it very good. So, is it even possible, think about this, okay, is it even possible when we start to look at men and their works, man-made items, is it even possible for men and women to take God's things and so corrupt them and pervert them that they lose all semblance of good? Is that possible? I don't believe so. People might do bad things over the internet, but that does not make the internet bad, right? That's, we should be able to you know, reason this way. There were some nasty shows and still are on television or live streaming or whatever today's way to watch shows is. But that did not make the TV evil or computer technology evil didn't even make any given show evil. There's merit to be found in almost any show created, however horrible it is. One of a more recent favorite show uh, to watch, season by season, um, has horrendous characters, and some of the things they do are just terrible. Turn away, don't look. But the plot of the story, the actual storytelling, is amazing. 
So what I'm suggesting is you try to appreciate the good while you are critically critically examining and making your judgments. So if men and women have invented or discovered something from God's creation, then it must have some goodness in it. After all, people cannot create things apart from God's raw materials, which are good. And if, if it has God's goodness in it, then you and I should, should show some sign of appreciation, at least for that goodness. Let me restate the, the principle. If men and women have invented or discovered something from God's creation, then it must have goodness in it. I think, Christian, that that rationale will guard you. It will guard you from making some mistakes regarding what you call right and wrong and doing damage to your witness for Jesus. For non-Christians, they can sometimes see the goodness, can't they, in things that some Christians condemn. And if non-Christians can see the goodness, however small, in that thing, and then they see someone calling it bad, what, what are we portraying to them as a thus saith the Lord at that point? They know that's phony. They know that's short-sighted or non, non-thinking, not being critically minded. Even non-Christians can detect God's good in men's inventions. And if they can see it, why can't you? Why can't we? Just the good stuff. I'm not telling you to approve of sin. Just see the good stuff, at least. Along with being critically minded about sin. I believe this principle of appreciation will keep you from dishonoring God by condemning something good that you should not condemn. Or making broad, sweeping statements about this person or that person. It's very easy to do that, to write off people. Again, I confess I'm going to give you a short list. This is not necessarily people-oriented, but man-made things, right? Short list of things that mankind has discovered or invented throughout history from God's raw materials. And this means, therefore, that there must be some semblance of God's goodness in the thing itself. I'm going to start in the beginning of the alphabet. Some of these things you're going to go, oh, of course that's good. Of course there's something to be appreciated. And some of you are going, I don't know about that, right? Air balloons. Air balloons, A, air conditioning, airplanes, alcoholic beverages, aluminum foil, anemometers, which is like wind, wind measurements, answering machines, antiseptics, artificial heart, asphalt, aspirin, assembly line, astroturf, ATM, atomic bomb, audio tape recording, automatic doors, automobile, Let's move into the bees, baby carriage, bakelite, which is what's used in the creation of plastics, ballpoint pens, ballistic missile, band-aid, barcodes, 
Oh, careful with that one. We don't know what's coming. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, barcodes, where did I go with that? Stupid. Barbed wire, Barbie doll, barometer, baseball, basic computer language, basketball, battery, beds, beer, bells, blenders, big pens, bicycle, bifocals, bikini, bingo, biofilters, biometrics, blue jeans, board games, bulletproof vests, boilers, boomerang, bra, braces, brush, bubblegum, bulldozer, Bunsen burner. Okay, you get the point. This list, it can go on and on. I just went A's and B's from a simple list when I, list when I looked up uh, inventions on the internet. I skipped many because I didn't know what some of them were and didn't want to look them up. Yet the point is this, if men and women have invented or discovered something from God's creation, then it must have goodness in it. Certainly men do a bad thing with things, but come on. Just because a person murders people with a butter knife, don't ignore the, don't, don't ignore the butter knife's ability to spread jam on toast. This is where we need to be. As creatures of God made in his image, we need to become more appreciative of all things God has given us. Do not be a critical person. That's lazy. Rather, be a critically minded, humble appreciator of all things good. To call something Bad that God calls good proves a terrible witness for Christ, and it dishonors God's handiwork. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would use uh, this to challenge us, to challenge me, to appreciate all that you have created, including your people, including all made in your image, and including the inventions and discoveries you opened up to us. I do pray, Lord, for critically minded people, because the two together, Lord, I think that's the kind of church that can really change the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.